glorify you tonight. We magnify you tonight. Father, your love never fails. And you love us with an everlasting love, Father. Oh, and your goodness, Father, is there with and for us forever and forever. And even if something bad happens, Father, your love will bring good out of it, Father, as long as we meditate on it, we acknowledge it, even in times like those, Father, that you are still good. You'll turn bad situations around, make them work out for our good. And so we love you tonight. We adore you tonight. We appreciate you tonight as we continue in the vein, Father, of every single Christian. Father, I know tonight that your presence is here to remove burns and to destroy yokes, Father. Not one person will walk out of here the same way that they came in. That anointing will go up and down every row, in and out of every aisle. It will heal, deliver, set free, and make whole, Father. We release the Holy Spirit to have its way tonight. Have free course in this service tonight. If you desire to function or flow in any of the gifts or operations of the Spirit, have your way tonight. Be glorified in this service. And as always, when this service ends, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of it. In Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. If you would, just love on two or three people tonight. Tell them God bless you. Thank them for pressing their way out tonight through all of this Atlanta traffic. And then you can be seated. Praise God. You all look good on this Thursday night. I want to say publicly again, though, I, I left... All three services so full on Sunday. Do we have the best dream team, volunteers, music department, worship arts ministry? Oh, we can give them a standing ovation. I mean, they are, they make it look so seamless. And uh, I want to publicly say I saw some of them do all three services. I saw some of them do two in Marietta. And then I recognized them over here at the third one uh, in Atlanta. So I want to thank God. We could not have pulled that off without the greatest volunteer in that band and music department. Aren't, aren't they just awesome? It's awesome. Man, I thought Tamika was singing so hard, I thought she was going to pass out any one of the three services. She just let it all go and just let God use it. If you were at this third one here in Atlanta, I mean, it was really something to see, man. It, there's something when you see the anointing increase on volunteers and increase on singers and musicians. And it was just beautiful to see that this past Sunday. Before I get into the message tonight, I want to honor. Do you all realize it's a blessing to have a 35-plus year friendship? And so there's a person in the building tonight, first time at Linked Up Church, been knowing him since I was probably 13, 14 years old. And uh, Robert Glenn Blackwell, his lovely wife, uh, Jillian Blackwell, they're here from uh, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I don't know. I can just go on and on and on. His father came to me and asked me if I would uh, minister to him. Now, you know, when you first minister to people, what do they do? Hey, man, I don't want to hear all that. And, and today he has gone on to graduate from Bible school. I think been serving in Christian education for 15 years now. Christian education for 15 years. Uh, has a tremendous athletic background. He played on that team in Illinois with Nick Anderson and Kendall Gill. Uh, he was the other guard on that team. Y'all might remember those teams with Kenny Battle and Lowell Hamilton. 
But I was Glenn Blackwell on that team. And so if you and your lovely wife would just stand up, Glenn and Jillian, let's make them feel we're welcome at Linked Up Church tonight. Glad to have them. They're staying at our home uh, while they're in town. He's in Christian education, and um, you know he's an athletic director at a very prominent Christian school uh, in Michigan. And you know one day we'll have our own school, and we'll need an athletic director. But that's all I'll say about that. We're just gonna go ahead and get into the message. We'll see what God, what He does. Amen. All right, praise God. Let's let's move forward today. Now, uh, all sensitivity has to be left outside, and tonight we're gonna live really live in the truth of the gospel, okay? Can we do that tonight? All right, and so tonight we're going to get over into another group of singles, and those are those that have been divorced or widowed, okay? And we're going to talk about that tonight with a real understanding. Now, remember the backdrop is everything that we've talked about up to this point, and so I just want to kind of go over some things that we talked about in the last service. We're talking about the duties and responsibilities of every single Christian. And we know primarily, how many of us, to keep your body before God, whether you're single or married, you need to know how to possess your vessel in honor. Okay, so I got to go back over all of that, right? I need a stronger amen to move forward. Whether you're single or married, the goal is to possess your vessel with honor doesn't really matter, single or married, okay? We talked about what that looked like. Remember in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he talked about uh, after people had got, Paul had talked about to the church at Corinth, and such were some of you. So we all come from something, right? We all have a background. We all have a story. Then Paul said, but now you're sanctified. Now you're cleansed. Now you're justified. And so depending on the degree of what you're coming out of, how many of you might need more time to work on you? Right? So you can understand my situation coming out of just no control, just lawless, and then giving my life to God at 22. You can see why God would say to me, take four years undistracted and just let me work on you. Right? Because of what I came out of. That may not be your story, but everyone is different and everyone should get before God to see what that looks like for you till you get to a place where you know you can be around the opposite sex and not violate each other. I'll go forward if the amen is stronger on that note right there. Right, we said all of those things. We talked about fleeing fornication or sexual immorality. How I many of y'all have learned you can't play with it? Single or married. You can't play with it. You have to run from it, which means you have to set up boundaries and different things like that. So really, if you understand what he talked about in that context that we read, he said your body is not for fornication. Your body is for what? The Lord. So he didn't build your body for that. So then clearly that must break down your body. And it must produce some level of destruction to your body. So I like to say it this way. This is what I teach my children. Fornication really is the destruction of marriage. This is what I tell my children and I teach my children. So I always tell them, don't get distracted. Stay focused. If you're not ready to get married then just have friends until it's time that you can date for the purpose of marriage. So I encourage my son to talk on the phone and have female friends. And I work with him through that process. Right? How many of you don't? Then they'll sneak and do these things. 
Right. So you want to go through this with them and have them comfortable talking to you about it. So I joke, let me see what she looks like. I just want to see what kind of takes you have. See, as long as you're relaxed like that, they'll show you all the pictures. But then it opens the door up to have that conversation. Everybody clear? And so I want you to remember, he did not make your body for fornication. So now when we get over into the subject of divorce, you'll understand the backdrop is all of that stuff is what destroys a healthy marriage. Right? Because he said the single person is married to the Lord. So imagine if I've been committing adultery on God my whole single life, what kind of conviction would I have committing adultery on my wife? if I wasn't convicted cheating on God, and vice versa. All right, everybody clear? All right, and so this is why these things are important. Think about also if I'm married to the Lord, I'm committing adultery, but then I'm sleeping with people. Scripture says that any time you commit fornication, you become one spirit, one body, one spirit with that person. So that's called marriage, right? So imagine how many times, depending on how many different partners and how many times a person has done that, how many marriages and divorces a person has been through, right? And so you think about now that I'm married, it's nothing for me now to say I don't want to be in this anymore. I don't really reverence or respect the covenant because I'm now conditioned to being in it and getting out of it, right? And it's convenient for me to do that. So now with that backdrop, let's move forward today. We're going to talk about a couple of things today. We're going to look at reasons for being divorced. We're going to look at the duties and responsibilities of those that are divorced. And then we're going to look at the widow. We're going to look at the young widow and then also the aged widow. All right. And when the Bible talks about aged, that's like old. So, so if you're a widow and 80, man, you still, I mean, it's still time. It's like 90 and over that you, you're like, okay, let me spend the rest of my days in prayer now. And I'm going to show you that in the Scripture tonight, okay? All right? So I don't want anybody thinking because you're 60, you know, uh, no, you're you just about ready now. You, uh, you still got a lot of life out there to enjoy, okay? All right, now, the, uh, let's look at this. Reasons uh, for being divorced. Go with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. When you get there, say amen. amen. All right, Matthew chapter 9. Let's begin reading at verse 1. Matthew chapter 9, 19, I'm sorry. Are you there? Amen. All right, let's begin reading at verse 1. And we're looking at reasons for being divorced. There, there are several reasons here, okay? He says, now, Matthew chapter 19, verse 1, it came to pass when Jesus had finished these sayings that he departed from Galilee, he came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came to him, notice here, key words, testing him, all right, tempting him, saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife, key language here, for any reason or for any cause. And so their question was, Rabbi, Master, Jesus, you know, if I just get tired of her, can I just get rid of her? Right? That's simply what they're saying. Now, they already knew the answer to this, and I'm going to prove it to you as we continue to read, which is why they were testing him, because they wanted to trap him 
and get him to say something that was against the law so that they'd have accusation, uh, accusation to stone him, etc. Verse 4, he answered and said unto them, have you not read? See, right away, he knew that they were Pharisees. They knew the law frontwards and backwards. So they were asking what would be considered a learned question and not a unlearned question, right? So watch this. Let's keep reading. He said, have you not read? He who made them at the beginning made them how? He did not make them male and male. He did, he, God did, and he did not make them female and female. How did God make them? Right? He did not make them male and male. How did he make them? All right, so he went right back to the beginning. Look what he says here. This dissertation is powerful. He says, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? Now, their question was, is it lawful to put away my wife for any cause? He could have answered that question directly, couldn't he? Right? But he went back to the foundation of a successful marriage to give the proper answer, right? So he says, have you not read he that made them from the beginning? Let's be clear. He made them male and female. And said, for this reason shall a man, now he's given you the formula for successful marriage. For this reason shall a man do what? Leave his father and mother and be what? Joined to his wife. So a man leaves the dependency of his parents and now takes on the responsibility of his wife. Right? Everyone in here single paying attention, right? Right? And so, ladies, if he's still dependent on his parents, he's not ready. And men, if you already know that about yourself, continue to work on you. All right? So a man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become what? All right? So then they are no longer two, but what? Then he's real clear here. Therefore, what God has joined together... Let not man what? All right, so let's go real slow. Listen to what he said. They asked the question, is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for any cause? He goes back and says, in the beginning, God made them male and female. If you're understanding what he's saying here, he's saying there's nothing wrong with the institution of marriage. It works when you work it that way. It's the two people that are in it. Everybody clear? Marriage is good. Mary, you all aren't encouraging the single people right now. Marriage is good. When marriage doesn't work, it's not because marriage doesn't work. It's simply the two individuals that are in it. So let's never fault the institution. Let's focus on the individuals. Because he said if you work it this way, it works. All right? Now, they said to him, then why did Moses give a commandment and certificate of divorce to divorce her or put her away? And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. Watch this. But from the beginning, it was what? Not so. And I say to you, this is where I want to go. We're talking about reasons for being divorced. And I say to you, whosoever divorces his wife except for fornication or sexual immorality and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. So, 
couple of things I want to point out to you here, because people are so loose with this today. Notice what it says here. Except for sexual immorality, let's read it real slow. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for immorality. So the person doing the divorcing is not the one that committed the act. All right. So in other words, I can't commit the act and then tell my wife I don't want to be with her anymore. People use this, but that's not what this is teaching. And they try to give themselves out. So in other words, I messed up, so let me go. That's not what he said here, is it? The one that's free is the victim. All right, I see you all are excited about this tonight. You're going to learn a lot tonight, okay? All right, and so what we're talking about here now, let me go real slow. You have to have proof that they cheated on you. This cannot be speculation. I just sense. I just know in here. We'll, we'll confirm it. You cannot make this kind of life decision on speculation. It needs to be proved. So now, go with me to Mark chapter 6. Talking about reasons for being divorced. Right away, there's sexual immorality. The victim is free to what? What about the one that committed the act? They don't have that freedom, all right? Now, go with me to Mark. Let's look at another reason. I'll go by this one fast so I can spend my time in other areas. Mark chapter 6, when you get there, say amen. Amen. All right, Mark chapter 6. Now, what you want to be careful, and I'll get into that a little bit later, sometimes it can be considered, well, I'll save it. Mark chapter 6. Are you all there? All right, let's begin reading at verse 14. Let's look at another reason. Now, King Herod heard of him, John the Baptist, uh, for his name had become well known. And he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead. Therefore, these powers are at work in him. And the others said, it is Elijah. Others said, it is the prophet or like one of the prophets. But when Herod heard, he said, this is John whom I beheaded. He He has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had sent and laid hold on John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, here it is, his brother Philip's wife, okay? For he had married her. Because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And so if you're in an unlawful marriage, then how many know then you have freedom to get out of that? For instance, if you were 18 years old and forced to marry a cousin or relative or something like that. I mean, once you become an adult, you are free to release yourself from something like that. Everybody clear? All right, so we've got sexual immorality and we've got unlawful marriage, right? Everybody clear? All right, now, go with me. Uh, Go back to Matthew chapter 19. So a couple of things I want to point out here, Matthew chapter 19, because I want to free some people up. 
Matthew chapter 19. Are you there? All right, let's look at verse uh, 8 again, 8 and 9. Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whosoever divorces his wife, except for immorality. So the only way I could is if she got into an extramarital situation. I can't get into one and use that as the reason why I want to leave her. Everybody clear there, right? And vice versa. And marries another, commits adultery. Whosoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. Now, as we move forward with this, I want to let you know that there's balance to all of these things. And you want to take your time and really seek God before you make final decisions, right? Because typically, there are two people involved in the marriage, and usually both are 50% of the problem, all right? And so what you want to do before you just fly off the cuff and, and make decisions, you want to take the time first to seek God. Right? Then after you seek God, you want to seek some level of counsel, either professional or pastoral. Right? But then ultimately, if you are the victim, you have the freedom after you've gone through the process, which I'm going to show you that in a moment, to make the decision that you are at liberty to make. And listen to this, and feel good about it going forward. Right? So, example of this. If I found out my wife had done something, my first reaction is not getting ready to be, I'm leaving you. I'm going to try to figure out where am I at in here. Right, and I want to make sure that I didn't create an environment, you understand, that, that was unhealthy. Because if I don't understand me in this situation, then how many know me goes into the next relationship? And then history ends up repeating itself. So I'm very interested in trying to understand how we ended up here. Right? Not just for her benefit, but for my benefit as well, so that I can grow from it. Right? Everybody clear? Still doesn't justify what she did, but at least I can understand what led her to do it. Everybody clear? And I'm going to get that through first talking to God and asking God to show me me, and then I'm going to figure out, do I need professional, pastoral, or a combination of both? And then over time, I'm going to make a decision because I've now considered myself in here and allowed God to lead me. Not just some emotional, I'm gone. All right, because here's the truth. People can work through these and end up better. I've seen it all the time where they learn their lesson, understood what they did wrong, Fix the situation, the marriage is as strong as it's ever been today, and they had priors. All right? Now, let's look at some duties and responsibilities uh, of those that are di- divorced. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And we're going to begin reading at verse 10. Let's look at some duties and responsibilities. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, are you all there? Verse 10 says, Now to the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. 
A wife is not to depart from her husband or divorce her husband, okay? Now, for some of you, you may be just learning this for the first time. So I'm going to teach it, then give some balance to it. Watch what he says here. But even if she departs, so, so he said two things here. Don't depart. It almost sounds contradictory, doesn't it? It says, don't depart, but if you depart, right? Almost sounds like it's contradictory. So actually, folks, the Bible supports separation. Because sometimes it can be so volatile in the house, they need some time away from each other. That's right. So anytime you get to the point where you're throwing stuff at each other, oh, Jesus. Come on, cussing each other out, right? Damaging uh, personal property. How I many know we, we need to get some time apart from each other, right? I want to be real slow here. Always remember, name-calling escalates and you pay attention to that. Somebody grab you and shakes you, that escalates. All of that stuff escalates. So when you see this, how many know now it may be time to just clear the air and get away from each other for a little while till calmer heads can prevail and we can come back together and talk about things like believers. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, boy. You know, how many know in a marriage, it it could go there quickly. Oh, Jesus. I'm talking about it can go from zero to 100 in like, like 10 seconds. It can go from, hello, how you doing? To, what, 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 And then we're wondering, how did we end up here? All right, All right. now, let's go real slow. But even if she uh, does depart, I want to be real clear here. Let her remain what? All right. Or be what? To her husband. Watch this. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. So now let's go real slow because these are games that people play. Uh, And so we need some time away from each other. So I'm go get me a spot, extended stay for about 60 days. We need a break. How many know that break does not give me a license to explore some of these other situations out here? So I can tell you that happened while we were separated. I would never do that when we're together. But you set the whole thing up. That's not what we're talking about here. The purpose of biblical separation is for reconciliation. And neither one of us have a license to act like we're single because we're not in the same house. Man, it's a tough crowd tonight. Y'all see that? And what we're supposed to be doing, doing during this time apart is working on ourselves. So what can we do? He can get counseling by himself. She can get counseling by herself. We can get counseling together. Hello, somebody. And the purpose of all of this is so that we can get back together where there's been no immorality. Now, if you have two born-again believers, remember what he said in Matthew chapter 19. If you have two born-again believers who believe the Bible, they can work through anything. Only thing they need to do is believe what God said and act on it 
and the marriage will be restored. All right? But if you get two selfish people, see, now we're going all the way back to everything we learned up to this point. You get two selfish people in here, how many of you getting ready to have some big problems? Right? We're not thinking about the big picture no more. We're not thinking about how this impacts the kids. We're just thinking about what we want. And if you've got two born-again believers, we can work through anything. I know this is getting ready to be strong, but divorce is never an option for two born-again believers who've not committed immorality. That's why the Bible teaches it this way, because it's not expected. All this power in the Word, and we can't act on it and get what we want in our marriages. And we're quick to blame other people for the problems in our home. And I don't live there. I mean, I can't. My church, the pastor, we don't, the word. You got the book right in front of you. All right, so. Can I get two real good amens in here? So if you're not married in here, this is why you take your time. You don't meet them this weekend. And 90 days later, we're engaged. Really. I won't get into all that. That's for later on. Because really, that's not on her. That's on the male leader. And I'm going to show you that. When I give you the blueprint of a man, a man's not going to put a woman in that kind of situation. That's not on her. That's on him. All right. I'm picking my spots here. Go to Matthew chapter 5. So, on either side, and I always use the male, but how many females do stuff like that too? You know, we were separated, and, and so I just went out, and we just had a few little, and, and it led, one thing led to another, and, and it was really more of an emotional affair than it was a, a real. And so what'd you all do? Well, we really, we didn't go all the way, but we. <laughs> Come on, church, don't leave me out here by myself. And that's just female gang. I went back home for the weekend, and, and uh, you know, somebody from high school, you know, we were dating in college, and, and we just happened to run into each other uh, because I called him before I went up, went up there, let him know I was coming, and just, we just happened to see each other. Come on, somebody. And then one thing led to another, and I really don't know how my blouse came off. It just fell off. I mean, that's just female gay, right? But, but here's the thing that people always use. I did that while we were separated. So in other words, it doesn't count. Biblically, it does count. That's still adultery. But you got to remember, though, if I played all those games before I was married, I bring all those games into the marriage. Fellas, y'all still love me, man? I hear all the ladies, amen, amen. 
fellas like, chill out on all that, man. You letting go all my little secrets. All right, all right watch this. Where did I tell you to turn? Matthew chapter 5? Watch this now. Matthew chapter 5. Let's begin reading here. Matthew chapter 5. Let me pull it up. Uh, let's begin reading that verse mm, 27, all right? And I'm going to take you backwards to take you forwards, okay? Talking about duties and responsibilities of those that are uh, divorced. Matthew chapter 5, we want to adu- uh, avoid adultery at all costs, all right? So, so, so listen to this. If, if I'm talking to someone who's been married before, I'm asking all the questions. What happened in the marriage? Right? And we want to go through extensive counseling so the history doesn't repeat itself in our future. Listen to me. And if there are kids involved, if you're talking about a single parent here, you want to go even slower. You don't just put anybody over your children. Listen to me. In this day and age, you don't just go leaving your children. Because you've been dating somebody for six, de- six days. Amen. I'm going to just leave you with the kids. Watch the news, folks. You don't do that today. You take a long time before you let somebody come around your kids. You've probably already been through counseling. And everything has checked out. Now let me introduce you to my family. Matthew chapter 5, you have heard that it was said, those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whosoever looks at a woman, here's the key, because we look at women all day, every day, right? And how many of you know women look at men? They're just more discreet about it. (laughs) But they know them when they see them. They're just smooth. They see us way off, but by the time you get close, they act like they've never seen you before. <laughs> and they're smooth, but a guy, he's obvious. <laughs> but they know, am I right or wrong? Listen to me, it's going to shock you, married and unmarried. If you think because you get married, you don't see the opposite sex, You are deceived. Any married people? Well, I know you're you're all sitting next to your spouse. You're scared tonight. So I just leave you alone. I just leave you alone. You can just in your heart say, that's good right there, Pastor. Tell the truth. All right, Matthew chapter 5. Watch this. But I say to you, looking is not the issue, but looking to lust is. Watch this, has already committed adultery where? Which is what makes pornography and all these other things wrong. It's kind of hard to have a healthy marriage when I'm watching acting all the time. It's not real. All right. Single people, it's going to pervert you. You end up trying to live out things that are unrealistic. You're probably not going to marry someone that is pretty much, I don't know how to say this the right way. Help me. uh, (laughs) But she paid for everything. 
her lips. Everything has been painful. You don't live with people like that. And people always ask me, you know, the biggest way to stay faithful, I don't have anything else to compare my wife to. Watch this. So every time I see her, she looks good to me because I'm not seeing her in light of something else. Can I just take my time? So when you hear a man start talking about, I'm no longer attracted to you, the first thing you should say is, why not? Well, how did I change? Because listen, he is attracted to something. So if it's no longer you, then what is it? I'm getting ready to get out of here while I still got time. Listen to me, and vice versa. Just something about him. I don't, can't really put my finger on it. But you married him. So now, what is it that you can't put your finger on? Or what are you putting your finger on that now you can't put your finger on him anymore? We all grown folks, right? It's kind of hard for a man to compete with batteries. That's challenging. That's challenging. That's challenging. Somebody says, stay right there, Pastor. Stay right there. Come on, where's my amen corner at? Somebody say, Pastor, stay right there, Pastor. Stay right there. So you got a lot of different things going on. You got him over here doing all this crazy stuff. You got her doing over here doing all this crazy stuff. And how many know as long as I'm looking to lust at other things, eventually I'm going to start seeking out the stuff I lust after. And Satan is a master at bringing that situation across your path that reminds you of what you just saw. Listen to me. The level of excitement and energy in this building tonight is unreal. It's good stuff, isn't it? You know why this stuff is so prevalent in the church today? No one talks about it anymore. You know why no one talks about it? Because no one lives it. You don't talk about what you don't live. You avoid it. You all want me to keep going? Yeah. All right. Got 10 more minutes on that clock. It's good stuff, right? All right. So, so listen, you got her in a lot of cases trying to compete with the screen. And you got him. Now, how many know if it is a battery issue, there's something on her mind too. Amen. She is not sitting there eating popcorn. <laughs> Listen to me, single people. You can become so efficient with yourself that you don't need anybody else. And you need to fight that off.
Am I hearing this in church? Yes. Hmm? So you you got all that kind of stuff going on, right? Well, we don't understand. All of that is destroying my future, right? So take it from a professional, 22 years at this. Then you'll get two people married, and they haven't slept together in, in a long time. But I promise you, Something's going on. It's just not going on with each other. But needs are being met. Close this service out, Minister Johnny. stuff, isn't it? Okay? So, so if I'm single, I'm fighting against that. I'm not cooperating with it. If I'm married, I want to keep all of that out of my marriage and realize God gave me my spouse to satisfy this need. So all this other stuff is going to pervert my marriage. And listen to me, ladies. If he has not slept with you, and let's do, I'm just throwing this number out there. In over six months, scratch your head. <laughs> Needs are being met. Temperature is getting warm in here. <laughs> I pray that you're listening, single people, you will interrupt your future if you become so efficient at meeting your own needs. What you're looking at is actually committing something in your heart. And out of the abundance of the heart flows the issues of life. So I am creating my future because of what I'm depositing in my heart. I'm trying to find a landing spot right here, Emmanuel. How many of y'all glad you came tonight? You all realize this place should be filled. You know the balcony should be filled tonight hearing something like this. This is so important to every person in here's future. Let's keep reading. Whoever looks at a woman to lust for her, has already committed adultery where at? All right? So once it gets in my heart, I mean, it's not long now that it's going to come out of my heart. The Bible tells us out of the heart flows the issues of life. See, so if I make heavy deposits of lust in my heart, I should not ever talk about why I struggle with this particular area. Devil's not making the deposit. I mean, I'm making the deposit. All right, let's keep reading. Go to Matthew chapter 12. 
come back there. I'm just being led. You in Matthew chapter 12? Look at verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its what? All right, so we don't judge people, but we can judge fruit. How I many of us not talking about a, a real physical tree? It's talking about a human life here. But notice the human life either makes their life good and their fruit good, or they make their life bad and their fruit bad. But we're going to know you by what you produce. He says here, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what? But a good man, out of the good treasure or deposit of the heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure or deposit, notice, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that every idle word that a man may speak, he'll give an account of in the day of judgment. For by your words you'll be justified, by your words you'll be what? Condemned. Go to Matthew chapter 15. Continues this thought with his disciples. And drop down to verse 12. Well, let's save some time. Drop down to verse, well, no, we need to start there. Verse 12. Well, drop down to verse 15. Well, 12. (laughs) Then his disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying, same one that we talked about earlier, talks about what comes out of the mouth uh, is what defiles a man. That's what they were offended by. Now he's going on to explain it to his disciples. And then he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted will be uprooted. Leave them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And the blind leads the blind, and both will fall in a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to him, explain then the parable to us. What parable is that? It's not what enters into, or not what comes out of the man that defiles the man, it's what enters into the man. All right? Then notice what he said. Are you also without understanding? So he's actually shocked that they didn't get this because I've been with you all the entire time. So look what he, how he explains it to him. Do you not yet understand that whatsoever enters into the mouth goes into the stomach and it's eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. That's what defiles a man. Now watch this. For out of the heart proceeds, let's go real slow, evil thoughts, murders. What's that next word? adulteries, and what? You all see that? Thefts, false witnesses. These are the things which defile a man. To eat with unwashing hands doesn't defile a man. So now, go back to Matthew chapter 5, and we're just going to close right here for the night. How many know if adultery is not in my heart, I can't commit the act? Right? If fornication is not in my heart, how many know I can't commit the act? But I also have to own the fact that if I commit the act, I made the deposit in my heart. How did that get in my heart? My eye gate, ear gate, 
mouth gate. I'm watching, I'm saying, and I'm hearing. So there's no reason for me to blame another woman if I committed adultery. If adultery is in my heart, how I many know moving to another state is not going to fix my issue? I will find another woman in another state because of the condition of my heart. Watch this. And no one did that to me. I did that to myself. I made those deposits. See, I either make my heart good or I make my heart evil. My wife didn't make my heart evil. I did that. So if I'm behaving a certain way in my marriage, usually it doesn't have anything to do with the other person. It has everything to do with what deposits have I been making. Good stuff, isn't it? All right, we'll close. It's 18. You guys can go back to Matthew chapter 5. You all getting anything out of this tonight? All right, so if I struggle with fornication, is it because of the opposite sex? Not at all. It's because of the condition of my heart. Who made my heart that way? I did. Right? I made my heart evil. How did I do that? Right? I filled my heart with pornography. I promise you at some point, it's in my future. Some point, it's going, I'm going to mess up my marriage. Interesting, after 19 years, I still look at her. They're standing at our home right now. I still see her. How many times do you hear me say, ooh, you look so cute today? I still see her fresh because I'm not seeing her in comparison to somebody else. So every time I see her, she's attractive to me. You all understand? It's like every time we're in the bathroom, I'm like, whoa. Now, if I no longer see her that way, why not? Only because I've seen something else. And now what I'm seeing, I'm comparing to something else. But if that's all I'm seeing, and I'm a male, it looks good every time. And vice versa. Unless she got something else going on. Every time she see me, she should be just tackling me. Like, like, boy, come here. Where are you going? You'll be a little late for work today. I love those mornings. Boy, I just love those kind of mornings. Like, well, everybody here understand what I'm saying? Did you learn anything tonight? Let me just back on out of this point. We'll pick it back up next time I'm up, okay? You're back in Matthew chapter 5? So, I say to you, when a man looks at a woman and lusts after her, he's already committed adultery where? Right? So, it's not long after that that he's going to commit the physical act. At some point, that's in his future because that's what's in his heart. Everybody clear? Now, uh, if your right eye causes you to sin, then pluck it out. Now, how many of y'all know he's not talking about physically plucking your eye? Can I be transparent with everyone in this room? As a single person, I watched pornography, right? And I realized I could not overcome it. It was like a stronghold to me, right? I didn't want to. I did it. So I realized it was a stronghold. 
I realized the only way for me to overcome it was to get rid of it and not give myself access to it. So back then, they had these uh, video places, and you go in the back room. Somebody in here know what I'm talking about. Little back room. See, when you're free, you can talk about stuff. And I remember I had to go in, turn in my car, say I can't be a member here because I can't stay out of the back room. I'm 22 years old. I can't stay out. So I turned in. Right? So I got cable at the house. So then I figured out, now you can order the stuff on cable. And I'm single. I live by myself. Being ordered. So then I realized I got to get rid of cable. Then I learned it was no longer a temptation when I didn't have access to it. So now when my wife and I get married, the first thing I tell her is my previous challenge. That's why we don't, I don't have this stuff, right? And so to this day, we've been married, it'll be 19 years in November. She puts all the passcodes on everything. And I make myself accountable. On all of my devices, anything I go to, she knows about it. Because it's all together. I know that helps keep me accountable. I'm a human being just like anybody else. I mean, a curiosity will get to you after a while. Let me just see what's going on now. Whoa. Then all of a sudden, you're right back where you used to be. But I learned very quickly this is what he's referring to. If I don't give myself access to it, I am not tempted by it. I am strongly tempted by it when I have access to it. So you understand what he's saying here? Once you learn that about yourself, then don't give yourself access to it. I'm going to stop right here. Because this is so good. It's already 8.15. I don't want to rush this. Good stuff, though, isn't it? How many know you know you? I don't know you, but you know you. Now, this is getting ready to shock you. Your spouse doesn't even really know you. Only you know you. And when they leave, that's when the real you comes out. And when you travel, that's who you are. When they're not present. Amen. <laughs> hmm? And all of a sudden we wonder, where did all this stuff come from? It had already been there. It's just coming out in the light now. Only way, folks, 19 years is because I'm accountable. The moment I've got a secret life that somebody else can't get to, I'm most likely getting ready to sneak back into some areas I'll have no business being in. Here's the wisdom. I know that about myself. So because I know that about myself, I give my kids my passcodes. Anybody can pick any of my devices up at any given moment and go in them. Just like if our kids go to something. I mean, we know what they're doing. But we also are accountable to them. If we go to something, they know what we're doing. I mean, all that stuff will help keep you. Good stuff tonight. I'm y'all glad you came tonight, honestly. It's good stuff. Let's lift our hands. Come on, let's thank the Father tonight. 
This information has left churches, folks. And so today, churches look like the world and act like the world. Sometimes churches, it's, more, it's, it's on and popping more in the church than it is in the club. You're like, I ain't going to the club. I'm going to church on Sunday. As God is my witness, man, professional referee, I'll never forget this. I'm a member of a church in Detroit, Michigan, on the east side of Detroit. Professional referee. This is what he said to me. I'm just new to this church. We knew each other from playing at St. Cecilia, playing summer ball, all of this stuff. He, he became an usher at the church. And he said, the reason I became an usher, man, because these girls here, they under pressure. They've been trying to keep themselves. And so it's, it's just easy. And then, because he, he didn't know, I'm, I'm a baller. So he thinking, he put me on the game. So he, t- I knocked that one off, that one off. I knocked that one off. I knocked that. And it shocked him when I said, hey, man, that, that's not my thing. Man. But he said he joined, became an usher because of how easy it was to knock the, the women off because they, they were under pressure trying to keep themselves. And that was his philosophy. So listen to me. You got people that think it's easier at church than it is at the club. We're getting ready to reverse that at Linked Up Church. Getting ready to come up. Because teaching like this will help. Revelation like this will help. Singles are getting ready to come up. Wait till I give you the blueprint of a man. You're going to see him and know him when you see one. You're going to know what he doesn't look like too. And it's going to be real clear. I would not miss this. Okay, when we get to that. I'm going to give you the blueprint of a man. A biblical blueprint. Our marriage is getting ready to come up. Okay? Now, I have a professional counselor in here. I'm getting ready to close. I'm going to say this with all my heart. Counseling will not strengthen your marriage. Counseling will give you information to help you strengthen your marriage. All you're doing is listening, and you're not intentional about taking it home and applying it. Your marriage is not getting ready to change. You can say the counselor didn't help me, didn't give me any information. My marriage is still the same. You did not make the right deposit in your heart to change your marriage. You got to own that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Let's lift our hands to the Father tonight. Father, I just thank you for gracing me and granting me a boldness, Father, to return back to these foundational truths that have left the body of Christ and left.